Welcome into the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity X5. Can your internet do that? Welcome back. Our draft series continues. We highlight all of the top prospects as the Texans have the number two and number 12 pick in the first round. So we are going to learn a little bit more about some of these top draft prospects as we go throughout this offseason. And uh, you know what? We've got lots of players that we've gotten to and a lot more to get to still. So let's check out our latest player. But first, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston so you can do more of what you love. Stream the game on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network and keep your home team happy with a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi. Can your internet do that? All right, let's get right into it on the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Joining me this week, Vinny Hardy. He covers the Wildcats and hosts the Believe in Kentucky podcast. We're talking Kentucky draft prospects. How's it going, Vinny? I'm doing good. Glad to be on here. Thank you so much for having me. I know we don't really talk about Kentucky draft prospects too often, but there's a big one in this year's draft and it's big because he's a quarterback. and He's also physically very big. So let's talk a little Will Levis. I mean, he transferred to Kentucky as a junior, becomes the starting quarterback, the team captain, but he'd only played like two games in three years at Penn State. So take us back to that time where Levis joins Kentucky and how he just sort of immediately became the starter. What did they see in him? What do they like about him that really solidified that spot for him? Like Liam Cohen came in from the Rams as the offensive coordinator and that kind of zeroed in on him as the guy. Like you mentioned, he had been at Penn State. Kentucky actually beat Penn State, you know, in that Citrus Bowl while Levis was a freshman. Uh, Clifford was there forever and he was, you know, not ever going to really beat him out. So he transfers in kind of behind the eight ball. He didn't play spring ball kind of late, learned on the fly, picked up the system earned the job and just kind of took the reins from a leadership standpoint. He was able to display that arm. He'd been primarily a runner at Penn State. Nobody really saw him throw the ball except for a few little glimpses here and there. The offense kind of clicked. They had a good offensive line, a good running back. Basically just one receiver, Wondell Robinson, who caught 100 balls. He's with the Giants now. But they – they scored a lot of points. Stoops is always going to play good defense. They won 10 games. They beat Iowa in the bowl game and you know, just had a, a really good year on and off the field. His personality kind of, you, know, you saw him on TikTok eating a banana with the peel and all. That kind of put him on the map from the get-go. Then he put mayonnaise in coffee and drunk it. So he's that, you know, so that kind of thing off the field. And then the way he played on the field, it was just, just a really a good combination. I'm definitely going to get to some of those personality quirks because I love stuff like that about draft prospects. But let's talk about just how he plays. I mean, 6'4", 230. He's got the size that everybody wants in an NFL quarterback. What are some of the, the biggest strengths of his game and how has playing in a pro-style offense really helped further develop his skill set? It was great. With Cohen coming in from the Rams, NFL guy, that's where he aspires to be. He's going to check all the boxes. Like you mentioned, 6'4", 230. Rocket arm, you know, got franchise quarterback written all over him, played for an NFL guy. A lot of people want to judge year two versus year one. If you look on the surface, they have an argument, but there's, you know, layers to, you know, the difference in the numbers. But he's got all the intangibles. You know, he can he can run. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he's not afraid to run. If you Google the Blaze Aldridge from Missouri, where he's not afraid to run, not afraid of contact, 
Google that. Texans fans will like seeing him lower the shoulder on a linebacker and and win that collision. Win healthy, which he was in the first year. That's another difference in the drop in numbers as well. He can he can do it all. Uh, he may hold on to the ball a tad. Interceptions were a little bit high in year one. To me, those who want to judge him on year two, there was an offensive coordinator change. Rich Gangarello comes in from Denver. Liam Cohen went back to the Rams. You, you can't blame him for wanting to go back to the Rams. I will lean towards what you saw in year one and I always wonder, what if we had had year two of mm. Levis in this Liam Cohen offense? Because they had more receivers. Like I mentioned, he, he had Wondell Robinson was the only receiver. They had better receivers coming in. He could have spread the ball around, had more weapons. So we'll never know what could have been if he had had year two. Um, yeah, I, I was actually going to ask you about that because of the the drop, a slight drop in his numbers, but just his overall performance in year two, it seems like he never really found his rhythm as a passer. A lot of people talked about the inconsistent throws, the short throws. Can you blame all of that on injury and change in offense? Or is that really something that NFL teams need to be concerned about when they're interviewing him and going through this process? I think if you combine it all, the coordinator change, it just didn't fit. They hoped it would be as seamless as possible. And it was just kind of square peg, round hole all year. The offensive line, it was it was bad. You lost Darren Kennard at right tackle, who's with the Chiefs, who just won a ring. Luke Fortner played center from the jump for Jacksonville. You Texans fans saw him twice a year as mm-hmm. a rookie on that offensive line. So the offensive line took a big hit, took a big step back. Texans fans may remember David Carr's first year. He got sacked a billion times. That's yeah. kind of what Levis had going on. He was he this the line couldn't block. They couldn't get the running game going. Chris Rodriguez running back was suspended for a third of the season, missed the first four games. So it was just so many things that just it was a slog. It, nobody ever got on the same page. There was never a flow of any consistency for a long time, for for any length of time at all. It was always something. So it it didn't fit. He he never had time to throw. He was beat up. He missed the South Carolina game. Shoulder, foot, it was, you know, this he he was just beat to death. Offensive line was terrible. They still won seven games, which at Kentucky, you you look historically, sometimes it'll take two or three years to win seven games. So <laughs> for a down year to still win seven games in spite of all that, it worked out as best as it could, I guess. I mean, there's definitely still talking about him as a very high draft prospect as far as quarterbacks are concerned. I'm intrigued by his personality. You mentioned a few of the stories that we've heard. I even see it on his scouting profiles, puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Like, I guess these are things that teams are now aware of as just like another footnote to his list of stats. He also had a 4.0 GPA. He had offers to Ivy League schools. I mean, give us a sense of his personality as something maybe that really stands out to you about your time in uh, covering him. Fiery competitor, financial guy. He's already, you know, doing NIL stuff and looking Hmm. to be, you know, investing and all that kind of stuff, looking down the road from that standpoint, kind of wise beyond his years to be, you know, early 20s from as far as that goes. Quirky and fun, loving, like we mentioned with with the the banana, just just eating it whole. Uh, You had fans at Kroger Field coming in banana suits and sitting in the stands. I love it. you had the uh, the sideline reporter, Alyssa Lang for the SEC Network, doing one of her sideline reports. She's attempting to eat a banana 
with the hole and all the peel and all because <laughs> he's he stirred all this stuff up. The he's gonna get a banana deal. Watch, yeah, he's gonna get yeah. a banana nil deal. <laughs> the mayonnaise and the coffee, which was a lot of people tried it. It was it was nasty as you would yeah. think, mm -hmm. but people tried it. There's a picture he had after the season was over, like an aerial shot. He's in a pool, and if it's a girlfriend or the young lady he was with at the time, the pool they're in rafts with the shape of an upside down L, which is what you do to troll Louisville, the main okay. rival. Like yeah. you know, in Texas, everybody goes horns down. If you want to mess with Louisville, you go L's down. So they okay. took the L's down in the pool with the way their rafts were aligned <laughs> together. So he's not afraid to have a good time, but at the same time, he never let that overtake what the main thing was was about being the quarterback being the leader being the face of kentucky and eventually being the face of whatever team drafts him what i'm getting out of this is he's gonna be a lot of fun to cover and he's got a 4.0 in trolling that's fantastic yes. i was just gonna say so if it's you know those duels with with trevor lawrence or or whoever it is if he's in that afc south it'll be fun if he's poking and getting you you know texans fans riled up for these division games coming up all right, I, that would be a lot of fun. All right, I was going to say before I let you go, what about some other Kentucky prospects that we should have our eyes on for this year's draft? Kedron Smith at corner, he transferred in from Ole Miss. Carrington Valentine put his name in the draft. He played DB as well. I was kind of surprised to see him leave, but you, know, you can kind of look out and see what he does as well. Those are probably the main two guys. You're going to have Levis as well. But those would be the ones I would... Uh, kind of keep my eye out for. All right. We'll have to watch out and see. Vinny Hardy covers the Wildcats and hosts the Believe in Kentucky podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Hardy, H-A-R-D-Y. Vinny, appreciate the time and the insight. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me, DP. Great insight as always. Of course, you can check out HoustonTexans.com for more coverage. That's going to do it for the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, go Texans.